So, hello everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Just a Little Bit Out West, the podcast where we get just a little bit out west. This week, I want to talk about a subject, and as I have said <laughs> over and over, seems like I said it a lot, but this is another one of those subjects that sort of gets everybody all wound up. Okay, so the subject is tithing. Sometimes I think the reason it gets people wound up is because people don't like the idea of, like we talked about before last week with talking about that it just seems like a way for preachers to get money out of people. And then there's another group of people that don't like it because it seems like it's part of the legalism and the law of the Old Testament. There are legitimate concerns on both of those issues. And as we talked about last week, when you get right down to it, what people do to take advantage of other people, while it's terrible and it's a bad thing and all that, there's not much we can do about that. And getting all wound up and upset about it isn't really going to help much. But that doesn't mean that giving money to good causes is a bad idea. Part of the reason that people get upset about that, besides this whole excuse about giving money to preachers and how preachers shouldn't get all your money because they're faking it, that whole idea is demonic because it attempts to say that you shouldn't give money to that, but you could go ahead and give money to the Democratic Party, or you could go ahead and give money to the climate change people, or you could give money to this organization or that organization, but not the church. And so really that is the overarching origin of all of the angst and fear about it. The scriptural reality is that the idea of giving to good causes, that didn't start with Benjamin Franklin. That started in year one. Because people recognized where their everything came from, then in a way of giving thanks for that, then they brought sacrifices. It always interests me. There's one verse in, in Scripture where it talks about that when they asked for offerings to help build the temple, the Bible says that they had to restrain the people from bringing more because they had too much. Because the people were so grateful and so happy about the fact that God was their God and he was taking care of them and had blessed them and they wanted to thank him for that, there actually came this point where the priest said, stop bringing stuff. It's too much. We don't need all that. And once again, we can see how the things of the earth are completely upside down from the way that God does things. In this area of legalism, we all know that the laws themselves are never going to make us perfect, and we know that that's why Jesus came. We understand that. But these laws are a pattern to show us what God looks like. We choose not to kill because we can see that it's not pleasing to God. And once we grow a little bit, we can understand that the reason it's not pleasing to God is because it hurts the people he cares about. We see that killing is destructive to ourselves and to others. And so because we love God and want to 
do things the way God does them, we don't kill. And we don't have a problem following that part of the law because we can see that God's law is beneficial to us. But sometimes when you're giving an offering of money or of things, especially in our day and time, it's kind of like, well, what's that going to do for me? What's in it for me, as they say? The reality of all of that is that it's no difference. The law, the same law that says don't murder, is the same law that says to bring to God a symbol of your gratitude and trust. And if you trust God to bring you what you need to protect you and prosper you, if you trust him, then you can afford to not kill people who wrong you because you're trusting God to take care of that in exactly the same way. If you trust God for protection and prosperity, you can afford to bring a tenth of what you have in order to help take care of the ministry and to provide for the poor and the needy and for taking care of other people in your community. And this is also where some people will come in and they'll say, well, see, that just shows that God is a communist. Now, the big difference here is that God doesn't force you to do it. He asks you to do it. And if he asks you, then there is a benefit to doing that. Uh, People will point to the verse in Malachi where it says that there's a curse, uh, that God is punishing you for not giving him the tithe. But the curse is it's self-imposed. We impose that curse upon ourselves because we don't trust God. And if you don't trust God, then you're on your own. And if you're on your own, then the devil, the enemy, he will come and steal from you. The benefit of the tithing is that that stops the enemy from stealing. Let's look at that verse real quick. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 8, he says, Will a man rob God? But you have robbed me. You say, what do you mean? We didn't rob you. You robbed me in tithes and offerings. And so you're cursed with a curse because you robbed me. Bring all of the tithe, the tenth, into the storehouse, and there will be food in my house. And test me in this, says God. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing, and there won't even be enough room to receive all of the blessing that you get. And I will rebuke the devourer. I will stop the thief from stealing from you, and he will not destroy your fruit, and your vine will not drop the fruit until it's time. All nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. I don't know if you can see that or not, but God is saying there, if you'll bring me one-tenth of what I've given you as a way of showing that you trust me and that you are grateful for what I've given you, then I will make sure that the enemy is stopped. Now, there's a lot that goes along with all of this, of course, as you might have guessed. You know, this all has to do with covenants and the things that God had agreed to do we talked about all of this back in with Abraham and these agreements that God made. And he made this agreement with Israel that if they will follow his law and trust him, then he will be their God. And this is part of him being their God is he will protect them 
from thieves who try to steal. He will protect them from these natural thieves like drought and flood and storm and etc. God will protect them. And see, this is a really hard subject for people who think that God does everything. And if you feel like God is the one who brings storms for some reason, or if you believe that God brings drought for some reason, then this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when you understand that it's just exactly the opposite, that God has the ability to protect us from those evil things that are not his will, he's not able to protect us unless we give him permission to protect us. And there's a whole lot to that. You're going to have to study that out to find out I'm right. In Haggai, the first chapter, God says, consider what's going on. You have planted and you aren't getting much of a crop. You eat, but you're still hungry. You drink, but you're not filled. You put clothes on, but you're cold and your your clothes aren't doing you any good. And the money that you do make, it seems like it goes out faster than it comes in. And this is what God says, consider your ways. He's saying to them, the reason you're having problems is your fault, not mine. In Proverbs 3, what he says there is, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't listen to your own understanding. Lean not unto your own understanding. But in your ways, acknowledge God, and he will direct you. Don't think of yourself as being wise in your own eyes, but respect the Lord and run away from evil, and if you do, it will be health to your body. Honor the Lord with your substance. In other words, honor him, show him respect with the things that you have, and with the first fruit. First fruit is when you plant a crop, the first thing that comes up, and this is what God says, that first 10% that comes up the best of it, the very best, you take that and you give that to God. And he says, if you will respect him and honor him with that increase, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your wine presses will burst out with new wine. You're going to have plenty to eat and plenty to drink if you will understand where the blessing comes from and who is stopping the enemy from stealing. And of course, there's going to be people that say, so God just wants you to give him stuff because he's he's just like all the other rulers, the, the earthly rulers that we have that take advantage of people and just tries to extort their money. In Psalms 50, this is what it says. Every animal in the forest belongs to me and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all of the birds of the mountain and all the wild beasts of the field belong to me. And if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you for anything because the world is mine. Do I need to eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Give God thanksgiving and pay your vows to God. And then when you call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you. My translation of that is, God doesn't need our offering. We don't give our offering to God for God. We give our offering to God for us. He wants us to be blessed, and he's telling us this is how to be blessed. The way that you get blessed is you thank me, and then I will be able 
to bless you. But blessing's not automatic. And this is another thing that is hard for people to understand. God's not the one holding back your blessing. We don't beg God to bless us. He wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. That's why he's telling us how to get it done. Galatians 6, he says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You're going to get what you plant. If you plant poison, you're going to get poison. If you plant wheat, you're going to get wheat. For he that sows to his flesh will reap from his flesh corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap life everlasting. So let us not be weary in doing good things because eventually we're going to get a harvest. And so as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are from our family of faith. You see, God doesn't need our offering. We give our offering to bless other people. And when we bless other people, then we get blessed. It's this eternal circle. We've talked about this before. If I bless you and you bless him and then he blesses me, then we all get blessed. But if I keep on my stuff because I think I'm not going to get any more, then first of all, I'm telling God I don't trust him. And I think I'm the one that has to take care of myself. And there is no lonelier place in the universe than that. But if I bless other people who are God's children, other people who need blessing, then eventually I will also be blessed. And of course, there's always that thing that comes up in this subject where, well, yeah, but what? I don't know how they're going to use my offering. What if they don't take care of it right? What if they spend it on, on booze and cigarettes? Or what if they just get rich and, and they're just like what some people think Joel Osteen is doing? And there's a story about that as you might imagine, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and it talks about the sons of Eli. And Eli's sons, what they would do, they were priests in the temple. And as priests, they would disrespect the offerings that were brought in because the way it worked was that if you went to the temple and you brought a sacrifice, then they would take that animal, they would kill that animal, and they would cut off certain parts of that animal, and then they'd put it into a big pot, and then they, all the priests would be able to come and eat from that big pot. And Hophni and Phinehas, they didn't like that, and so they would come in and they would intimidate the other priests into giving them the best cuts, and they would not follow these traditions of taking care of each other. They were disrespecting the offerings that had brought in. And so because of that, the Bible says in 1 Samuel that Hophni and Phinehas and their father, Eli, all died on the same day, and it was because they had been disrespecting the offering that people had been bringing. And so as a result, they received that curse. The, the killer got them, and that's how that works. If you put it this way, if Joel Osteen is disrespecting the money that you give to him, He's in deep doo-doo. He's down a creek and doesn't have a paddle, and it's not going to turn out well. 
for him. One last thing we need to talk about with the tithe. I challenge you to go in and look up the word tithing and study about the instructions that it gives. You're going to find a couple of things, and I'll just give you a heads up. One of the things you're going to find out is that the tithe that goes into the storehouse to feed the poor, you only do that once every three years. In addition, if it's too far to get to the temple and you don't want to take all of your goats and your chickens and cattle to Jerusalem, then you can sell them and take that money and take the money instead. And when you get to Jerusalem, it says, go and buy whatever you want. Buy wine, buy food, make a great big party and invite everybody to come to your party. So basically what this means is, is that every family for two years would have a great big party in Jerusalem. And then on the third year, they would give their tithing to the poor. And then for two years, they would party. So you can imagine that Jerusalem was one gigantic party during the period of time that people brought in their tithing. Everybody was having parties all the time during those feasts. Okay, so I think I probably wore out the subject of tithing for you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here.
That's my friend Roborn Stowinski and his song Live Life Anyway. You can hear it on Spotify, Tidal, everywhere. Look him up. And we will see you next week on the Just a Little Bit Out West podcast. And we're going to get just a little bit out west. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye.